TTB. Music podcast. Yeah. Hello, it's Saturday. Can't remember the last time we did a Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Years. Yeah. Years since. Uh, really years ago. Since we did a Saturday one. Yeah. It's different, isn't it? It's like it's like daylight. Yeah, it's like literally and just got lunchtime and. Oh, the only yeah. drink you've offered me so far is a cup of tea. I know. Which was very nice, by the way. That's what twenty twenty three is all about. <laughs> Living healthier. Yeah, something like that. Uh, um, yeah, until after the podcast. <laughs> and then perhaps less healthy. Anyway, welcome to uh, 2023. We are going to try harder this year, honest. Yeah. Because um, uh, last year we got a bit rubbish again. Yeah, I know. It's ironic, isn't it? We went through all, the, all through that, that pandemic. You may remember that pandemic. And now, um, and, and then we come out of it. I, I think it's just the world. There was just too much going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, you know. We just got confused by the amount of Prime Ministers or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's a new year. Uh, same format. <laughs> same people. Uh, so today, we're going to uh, pass thoughts on uh, Billy Nobates, Cacti, Bell and Sebastian, Late Developers, Margot Price Strays, Rosie Plain Prize, Clavish Rap Game Awful, and VV Neon Noir. Um... So I'm going to kick off with the second album by um, Billy No Mates. Um, I think the real name is Tor Marries. Marries. Glad, glad yeah. you cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think apparently I think she got the name because she turned up at a gig on her own once and someone Aww. literally kind of went, "Who are you, Billy No Mates?" And she's like, "Yeah, I am now." Yeah. Own it. And that's kind of the, <laughs> inspired her to kind of like just. Take the thing. It's a good. It's a good moniker to have. That's I think. good. There. Yeah. Um, but is she, and more importantly, this album, any good, Peter? Oh, you're coming to me first in the year. I right? am. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, well, Scott, this album, this album actually, as with all these albums, few lessons, always required. That's our golden rule. Um, this album initially, though, is hard to pigeonhole in terms of uh, style. Not that I try and pigeonhole all everything I ever listen to. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly it was fascinating listen uh, first time round um, and it sort of built on that the more I listened to it the more I got out of it obviously um, I thought vocally some real sort of I want to say Chrissy Hines but not Chrissy Hines but I know, kind of, exa- I know that, yeah, exactly yeah, what you mean yeah, yeah. I, I didn't write and it down I don't try and pigeonhole but I, you know. didn't, I didn't write Chrissy Hines down but yeah. I, I actually wrote Listen to Williams down later on ah, but go. I I was going to write Chrissy Hines and Lucinda Williams, so yeah. actually that's so, yeah. It's kind of in that sort of pretenders, but yeah. not not purely that because there's there's the, like there's, there's a the touch of dark electronica here and there as well, and then you get a mix of Americana and country pop up in various places too. Um, also mentioned country. So I I mean I've, I finished my my notes here with like is this this is this what the modern indie should sound like. I wrote pretentiously mm. in my notes. Um, so yeah, it, I thought it was a really fascinating album, really you know, interesting album to kick off with as well. Um, particularly liked uh, the opening track, Balance Is Gone. That's quite, after a few listens, that's quite catchy. Yeah. Um, I also liked um, Spite. Uh, that's the one with the dance beat. 
<laughs> Despite sounding like the most country of all the tracks on the album, ah. it also has uh, a, like a consistent dance beat all the way through it as well, which I, which I like too, because it made it sound pop. Um, and what's the other one? That was the one in here that I wrote down. Um, Black Curtains in the Bag, not not just for the title, but actually I really love that track too. Yeah, I, I, one of, that's probably one of my favourite uh, tracks on the thing as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was sort of the same as you. When it first came on, listened to it a few times, and what I, like, what I liked about it is um, I like the kind of sparseness of the arrangements. So it's, it's, it is quite synth and drum beat led. Uh, with the occasional kind of blasts of kind of mm. guitar and bass, yeah, I like that balance very that's much. So Agreed. it's actually yeah. not a lot of bass on the the album. Uh, Black Curtains of the Bag is a perfect example of that because it's got a very sparse drum beat based tune. Um, and I also agree with you about the how the album flows and how, and how trying to pigeonhole it. It's interesting because I I was. But I thought what made the album interesting was the example of the fact that you get Spite, which is a fuck you angry rock song type thing, but then that's followed by Fauna. And I literally wrote down here that I'd argue is a country song and wouldn't be out of place yeah. on any modern Indeed. album by a country, country artist. Mm. And that was when, for me, it occurred to me that her voice reminded me of Chrissy Hind and, and Lucinda Williams and um, so, so it almost had that kind of alt country type mm. vibe to it, including lyrically. Yeah. Got the, got the, where, where the, the, mm. the, the kind of uh, the type of lyrics that she writes as well so I could hear almost this entire album suddenly as a kind of single acoustic guitar with some Dombro steel going on, on in the back, back, background so I was thinking yeah actually this is this is a country record <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly not a country record but you know in another world and in different arrangements, it could actually be a country record. Um, but then you've got uh, the same gun, which is, you know, Hall of Notes Maneater, essentially. <laughs> so you've got some kind of pure 80s pop kind of thing yeah, thr yeah, thrown, yeah, yeah. thrown in there oh, as well. As well. Um, and lyrically, it's quite interesting as well. I really liked the um, line, John doesn't open the curtains, and now I know why, when the driver of many is a passenger in his own life. Yeah. I kind of like that. Kind I of did thing. like that. Um, yeah. And there are a few other kind of um, lyrics in it that are also quite um, fun and uh, revealing. Again, it just seemed to be another artist who's uh, wearing her life lyrically on her sleeve. Mm. Um, I think there's a song in there about um, trying to kill yourself as well, isn't there? Somewhere along the line. There is, yes. Um, and then realising, no, no, I'm past that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I also liked uh, um, on Roundabout Sadness, um, the kind of fairground organ kind of oh, thing, yeah. which I really liked, which also reminded me of uh, Todd Rundgren's Night the Carousel and Burned Down, got an old similar theme, but, but I'm probably the only person that would be reminded of that, but you know. Start the, new year, start the year, get a Todd reference in early. Excellent. well done. Yeah. Yes. Well done. That's your first. <laughs> yeah, it might be the only one, but you know, anyway. So yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, as you say, uh, an enjoyable... Uh, New Indie album. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Now moving on, we go to from someone's on their second album to someone that's on their twelfth. That's uh, Bell and Sebastian. Um, and interestingly, that's the, the only artist on uh, this month's podcast who we've reviewed, reviewed before. Although it was, uh, we reviewed their tenth album. 
Um, girls in Peacetime Wanna Dance. Uh, back on podcast 2, 2015. Oh, my word. Yeah. Um, which you described as a great pop record. Oh, well done. Uh, <laughs> I, I th- yeah, well, I, th- I think I think it's I think it's because that al- album is when they uh, definitely kind of uh, does uh, ring a bell. I think half the record went certainly lent itself into kind of Pet Shop Boys dubstar type territory. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I've got a comment coming. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, Stuart Murdoch and Sarah Martin back uh, again, um, and they were one of these bands that always had a kind of strange. Uh, and special place in my musical heart to a certain extent. But obviously they're a Glasgow band, so um, when they started off, they were very much around. When I was when I was growing growing up, they were a band that people either knew knew and liked. Uh, um, but I've never owned an album from them, um, even though I've liked bits and pieces they've done back from days of Boy with an Arab Strap and stuff like that. Um, so I've always kind of, I always, and also I kind of think of them the same way musically as as um, maybe a band like the Decemberists, um, who amusingly uh, last time we reviewed the Decemberists was on the same podcast that we reviewed last time that we reviewed, um, Bell and Sebastian on, and also amusingly on that particular podcast we reviewed a Gaz Coombs album, and he was on my long list of seven yeah, albums okay. to review, review for this podcast. Oh, right, yeah, because I saw he was back. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, be, be, I went for Clavish instead. Ah. Um, for musical variety purposes. Yeah, well done. Um, <laughs> more of Clavish later. More of that later. Yeah. Lots more. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what I like about them is, um, in, some, in some ways, the fact that they, they, they change to a certain extent, but then don't change as well. And it's like, what I like is, it's an album of pop songs that sounds one like an album, and B, um, mm. it's songs. It's nice hearing songs that haven't been produced within an inch of their lives. You know, haven't been compressed to death after the officially made kind of universally loud auto tunes. You know, um, and a bit like with when you get with Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott, the kind of com- combination of male and female voices as well. I think is works really really well with this band. Um, and having said about um, almost say, saying it's pop, but old style pop, it is still stuff that could be commercial as well. I mean, um, I don't know what you see in me particularly. I think perfectly bridges kind of kind of eighties kind of pop vibe and now. Mm. Um, I spent my whole time listening to this album. The, the few times I listened to it with my foot tapping, it has to be said. You know, from the kind of dum bum bum dum 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 at the start of uh, Juliet Juliet Naked, um, right through an album that kind of takes you um, takes you to kind of seventies Cat Stevens, uh, also late seventies kind of Soft Boys, uh, Television, R.I.P. Tom Verlaine who died recently, um, and then there's hints of like Overload by Sugar Babes on. Um, when you're not with me. Uh, my favourite moment of the album um, is... Uh, I can't remember what the track is, but there's a track um, where Sarah comes in and just says the final line. So it, so Stuart's kind of sang the oh, whole yeah. the whole song. And she's joined in on backing vocals and stuff, but yeah, the very yeah. last line is, um, don't, don't you let me down again. 
And I, and I thought that was just genius, the fact that it's having been not in the song yeah. really at all, so he literally has the final line, yeah. um, which I thought was great. Um, I also like there's a line in it about uh, making a moment between the tick and the tock, <laughs> uh, which I also quite quite yes, of um, So just a, a enjoyable, good pop record. I agree. I haven't got much to add to all that. I mean, it's in a way you say it was perfect. It's an album for start from start to finish, and it sounds like an album that's been properly crafted, uh, whatever that means these days. And um, and it's very much. Very much a Bell and Sebastian album, but at the same time isn't shy of doing new things. Um, I, if you if you're a fan, if you've ever been a fan, you'll like you'll love this album. It's 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 got everything you want from it. Um, I I can't remember which track it was. Uh, I think it was so in the moment. Uh, in, in, in addition to your sort of funny lyrics, um, I want to jump in like Paul McCartney and Wings. Yes, <laughs> that was just so twee. I loved it. <laughs> um. um and I actually really liked, I really liked that they veered away from the sort of pop sound of the last album, ironically. And, and so much so that the track I Don't Know What You See In Me was yeah. almost a bit too much Pet Shop Boys for my liking, <laughs> which is something I'll never say again. Um, but yeah, it, it jarred slightly. But, but other than that, I thought it was a really solid album. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It was an enjoy, a very enjoyable record. Mm. Uh, so moving on to our third record uh, and the fourth album by this particular young lady, uh, Margot Price, um, whose first three albums uh, have all been very well received in uh, the country music world. Um, so this is, uh, I said, her fourth record and one where I think she's done. I think it's fair to say she's got to change his direction a bit. Uh, it's not. It's not a, a straight country record. Um, so, what did you think of this one, Pete? Uh, I love the organ intro. Oh, <laughs> it's the first thing I've written. <laughs> My notes. <laughs> Obviously, thought I had to share that. Um, this this is this offers something very different in terms of a country album, or even a new country album. Or I'm not sure if it's even a country album all the way through. No. Um, it's it's got again Americana, but nods to psychedelia. And there's one track even which reminds me of, of grunge. There was like a real grunge sort of feel to to one of the earlier opening tracks. Um, it's it's an album I've actually returned to the most on this particular playlist that we've got this time around as well, which I think says something too. Um, in that it's a, it's a very enjoyable listen, um, and I, I particularly like. I mean, we talked just talking about Bell and Sebastian, the track "Time Machine," which is about halfway through, mm. almost sounds very Bell and Sebastian. Having listened to the two actually, albums pretty yeah. much back to back, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it did. Um, it did make me laugh. Also, what made me laugh is in the track radio with um, our old friend. Is it Sharon Vanetton? Sharon Vanetton. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm, I've got nothing on but the radio. I thought cheeky. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, really, really did like Lydia. That's the acoustic one, right at the end. Yeah. Right at the end, which is just mellow and grim. Um, <laughs> but, but grim. It is. Yes. Grim, grim good. Um, no, I really, really. Again, this is another. One of those uh, is a country, no, not really um, kind of albums that, that that we've we've enjoyed in the past, and and uh, actually this was really rewarding on on multiple lessons. I I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it, certainly at the start it kicks off um, very much as a kind of um, 
I should say more Americana than country. Yeah, the first yeah two, oh, definitely. Because the first two tracks are, are very, uh, not are very, are very, are very, are very rocky. Yeah, um, indeed. And um, got kind of like very towards grunge. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the second song um, has Mike Campbell of um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. Fame on it. Um, and that almost reminded me very much of kind of seventies um, rock, um, in a good way. Um, and also, I think that sound, I think a choice of Jonathan Wilson of Doors to to produce it as well is also probably part and parcel of why the record sounds oh, that way. Yeah. But as you say, it, it, it's 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 not a one note rec- record mu- musically. It kind of veers off into kind of. Yeah, pop at times. Yeah. Um, as well as well as kind of country folk stuff. I say yeah. the video at the end, at the end near the end is a cracking tune. Um and also yeah, the radio but the Sharon Van Etten and also um I think um Change of Heart as well. It was also quite poppy in that sense. Also like the lyrics in um, in Hell in the Heartland as well, which also was another quite grim. <laughs> Song, um, yes. I mean, she's just come out. I mean, she's wrote, she's written her autobiography. I think that oh. came out at the same same time time as this album. Yeah. And she's she recently, I say recently, I think a couple of years ago, decided to give up drinking and various other things because she decided that. Uh, I don't think she described herself as an alcoholic, but she kind of definitely thought that she was relying on alcohol too much in her life, so decided to mm. kick it, which I did for the whole of January. Well done, you. Yeah. That was an enjoyable experience. Speaking of enjoyable experiences, <laughs> we now move on to the fourth album. Uh, this is by uh, Rosie Plain, a uh, British artist. Um, surprisingly, it's been around since the early uh, 2000s. No, and actually. And actually did a live session for Lauren Laverne back in 2012. Cracking. And this is her fifth or seventh album, depending on how you kind of count self-released things and, and officially released things yes um and this was um she's also part of an old folk old folk band called this is uh the kit which are also uh, quite popular with various people on six music um i think it's safe to say this this is sort of a folky record or perhaps old folk would be probably more uh fair to it given that it's certainly a lot more experimental certainly uh, in the kind of jazzy kind of way um on first listen this washed over me so much that i couldn't remember a single thing about it um but uh and you know you knew there's gonna be a but um i then listened to it twice in a row whilst i was sat doing a jigsaw last saturday um you know living the rock and roll dream nice uh and suddenly things just started pulling me in and i suddenly found myself beguiled by this it's, oh. it's, um, and it started with uh, Prove You're Good because there was something about it on the first couple of listens that was just gnawing away and I couldn't think what it was that was not annoying me but something about it just I was thinking what is it what is it and then it just clicked um, that it was um, reminding me of Lazarus of Blackstar right um, interesting and it was almost once I had that realization, everything else on the record just suddenly kind of fell into place for me, and um, and the kind of hypnotic nature of it, uh, with its kind of simple refrains interlaced with 
kind of little sub melodies started pulling me in. I really like the little bits of kind of flute and sax and piano that just crop up in the background of the songs, particularly on stuff like Spot 13 and uh, Green for Two. Um, particularly on Green for Two, there's a little bit of jazzy piano toward the very end of the song that really is really really great and i absolutely love the synth in um painted the room that kind of just takes over the track at the end which i just thought was um brilliant that said at the same time i can f also see this being a record that people might find annoying and dull um because of the way the songs are structured and and it's lots of repeated things I can see people finding it perhaps monotonous and soporific as well. Um, I think they're wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I this is the album that probably grew on me the most over the uh, albums we listened to in the podcast. So I, I've, as as of this morning, as of this morning, I was I've decided possibly this is my favourite album of the podcast. It's it's interesting you mentioned Black Star because um, uh, I didn't I didn't write it down, but I certainly thought it. Uh, it's not so much. Uh, yeah, Lazarus actually. Yeah, Lazarus is as well. Um, there's also some of the other jazz numbers numbers that are on are on that album. Mm. Uh, that particular Bowie album as well. Um, uh, I'm not thinking Sue, Season of Crime. Uh, I think you're right. I think it's Lazarus. Uh, okay, let's scrub the last thirty seconds. Um, agree with you completely, Scott. Lazarus from Blackstar <laughs> is is what was at the forefront of my mind when I was listening to this album. Yeah, if we were professional and we were edited out stuff like that, it would, it would, sound, it would sound brilliant when you would just agree with me after me saying the yeah, thing. Lazarus. Yeah, Lazarus. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went through a similar experience, actually. There was something annoying me about this album the first couple of listens. Um, but I think it was on the second lesson it suddenly clicked. Um, and it's a very interesting experimental album. Very, very, very that sort of continuous sequencing of songs as well hmm. it doesn't go all the way through but it, it goes like you know 60% of the way through and then it stops and then it starts again um, and it was also made it quite a difficult listen at first because you're just hearing a continuous piece of yeah. music that, that I don't mean this derogatory but it sounds very similar um, yes. but actually once you listen to it you begin to hear the sort of the variation in the interesting synths and loops um, uh, the only real continuity being a drum beat Mm. Um, and the, the sort of her vocal, very restrained sort of vocal style. Um, and and the, the interesting point for me was, was when they, things that actually then did slow down um, around the track, I think it's Saw or mm. Spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that just worked really well. And that, that's what that's the moment I sort of got drawn in. Yeah. Is there's that constant drum beat at the beginning and then it just sort of stopped briefly and I was like, ah. Oh. Uh, and then that enabled me to get into it. Hmm. My favourite track was Blink, which is the, the last track of the album. Yes. Which, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, like, very, it's, it sounds like we've had a similar experience with that. Um, I'm not sure it's my favourite yet, but we'll come to that. Right, uh, because it's probably the next album. Um, so the next album is, first of all, it's not an album, it's a mixtape. Um, Glad you clarified. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's obviously a C90. Uh, both sides, both sides of the C ninety. Both sides, uh, every second. Yeah, filled to the to the end. Yeah, so we have oh, yes, we have ninety just just over ninety minutes of uh, a new British rapper called Clavish mm -hmm. uh, from Londonshire, uh, and this mixtape is called Rap Game Awful. Uh, David at number four on the UK album charts. Nice, um, good work. 
So, Pete, <laughs> here it comes. What do we think of... Oh, you didn't do it. What do we think of Clavish? I thought you were going to say, is Rat Game awful, Pete? Well, I, I, was, I was trying to avoid the open goal yeah, that the, ar- the artist has provided for us, yeah, no, potentially. I, I, is that the answer? And my answer was like, um, is Rat Game awful? No, this album's all right. I mean, according to the album, Rat Game is awful, but <laughs> it, sounds, it certainly sounds pretty bleak at times. Um, but actually, I actually... Okay, let's let's tackle let's tackle the the, the the thing that we discussed prior to the podcast. It's very effing long. It is very <laughs> effing long. Because yes. it's a ninety minute mixtape. Um but you know what? It's the the length is probably the only thing that, that I really struggle with, because actually, um yes, it's it is actually really well put together uh, in terms of this sort of style of album. Um, I think perhaps where it also falls down for me is it's a little bit more Drake than I'd like uh, in terms of... Because life just really is fucking grip. Yeah. <laughs> and you got the usual tales. I say the usual tales. The, the, the tales, gang warfare, uh, going through the justice system, getting knocked down by the justice system, finding, actually, finding positivity and retreat in the justice system rather than being out on the streets and getting killed. Yes, uh, redemption that, yeah. Yeah, so redemption there. Um, and and I think, actually, really, the album, whether the album really, the real strength of the album is where it reflects um, the world that, that you're inhabiting as the listener mm. and as Clamish is as the artist. Um, it, it really does bring, bring you into that world and I think that's where it really succeeds because you are drawn in and you are living it as the tape continues. Mm. And so, so in that way, it does feel like a mixtape. But when you, you know, anyone under the age of four, you won't get this. But when you put a mixtape together, yep. <laughs> back in the day, you want your listener, usually a mate or a girlfriend, to really be yep. drawn into your world, and you soundtrack it. And that's exactly what he's done here. So in that in that respect, it's brilliant. It works perfectly. Um, and there's even a little light or redemption um, towards towards the end but in dark places uh so i think again it it perhaps could perhaps there could have been more of that maybe mm. but I mean, I mean i'm picking at straws here i actually thought it was pretty solid um yeah i, I agree with yeah i agree with most of what you said there really i mean i, I think the the problem with it is is the, the length yeah. um and for me um it was the fact that it all and ended up sounding a bit kind of one note for me, yeah, uh, especially lyrically. It's fair. Um, yeah, as you as you say, it's the kind of knife, crime, guns, drugs, it's the strength, jail. It's also the weakness. Isn't repeat, it? repeat, repeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that only it's strong lyrically. Yes, it's just no. repeat, repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that only gets more noticeable and kind of worse if you know, if you like when. Musically, the songs don't go anywhere either. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, there are there are, there are there are there are a couple of pop moments, if you like, yeah, and yeah. some choruses yeah. and stuff like that. But mainly, not many. Yeah, but mainly it is quite low. Um, so again, quite sparse kind of musical back, backing, and then him just rapping away. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't feel that over the course of ninety minutes there was much room to kind of breathe and have a rest between the next bout of it's grim um 
and that's despite the fact that splattered through the uh, course of the record there are some quite uh, funny sides and great lines I I made a note of one in no interview which is the streets aren't for everyone that's why they made the curbs (laughs) that's quite good (laughs) which I thought which I thought was absolutely brilliant Um, so yeah it's from for me, the problem is is the fact that it's just relentless, and I'm not sure that anyone would want to listen to the, to, to the whole mixtape in one sitting. I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. But, I didn't a second time. Yeah, but but it, but it, as you say, but it's but, not because he doesn't have talent. No, and, and, no, and, and he clearly not. does. Yeah. Um, but for me, there's possibly about thirty minutes of true quality here yeah. and it can be quite hard to get to those bits as you plough through 90 minutes worth of it it's tough it's tough because it'd be tough to see, it'd be interesting to see where, where he goes because let's not forget Stormzy started with a mixtape he did um, uh, and within two years was playing headlining at Glastonbury so you know it done it done well, uh, and and that's not that every 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 black artist must now be Stormzy. I mean, it's, it's not like a privileged white guy saying that, but um, it it's uh, I, I think it'd be really interesting to see where he goes because he's a talented guy, and uh, lyrically, as I say, very strong, but also the weakness was in in the sort of repetitiveness of the, the music, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair comment. But definitely an artist to watch. Keep an eye on. Yeah, it won't be the last time we. Here of Clavish, that's I think that's soon, and that's good. Uh, so we finish. Oh, just an unintentional pun there as well. Oh, <laughs> a genuinely an unintentional oh. pun. We yeah, we we finish with a Finnish artist. Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, that's before I've had anything to drink as well. Jeez, that's really good though. Yeah, well done. So, Vil Hermani Vallo. Uh, Finnish singer, songwriter, musician, best known for being the uh, lead singer of uh, gothic rock band Him uh, back in the Gee. early 2000s. I think they oh. split up um, about 2015, 2016. Um, I do have one of their albums knocking about on CD somewhere, actually. Nice. Uh, although I don't think I actually played it that much. I think it was one of those things that I bought because it had one really cool song on it. Yeah, yeah. I then played the rest of the album and it's like, huh, yeah. Oh, yeah that's something that's of his time, isn't it? Buying mm. a CD because they had one good song on it. I know. Um, <laughs> what is interesting, I found out by the noodling around online, uh, and it's not, uh, there's no evidence of it, particularly on this uh, on this debut solo album, but uh, apparently he possesses the eighth highest vocal range of any known singer in popular music. Good grief, really? Yeah. Oh, um, that's interesting. Anyway, this album that's his debut solo album um if ever there was a record that screamed solid (laughs) this is kind of it really um (laughs) basically what we have here is a very well crafted produced soft rock record that frankly could have been released i would say at any point in the last 40 years and i'd have gone yeah it's all right um starts off Quite strong, I think probably definitely the first half. It's definitely a side one record. This I think the first. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think the first four Agree or five. That. First, four, first four or five tracks is yeah. kind of like yeah, it's all right. Some good pop ups, pop hooks going on. Like, yeah. um, you know, run away from the sun. Particularly after a few listens, I found myself humming that as I was walking along the road. Um, title track and forever lost sound like uh, um, 
the mission. Yeah. Um, I also liked the the sound of putting on vinyl that's at the start of um, yes. love, let, love Letting. Yeah. Um, although I was less sure about the clear, uh, this is the audience participa- participation at the live gig midsection. This is it. Uh, which I kind of thought, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, and I said, second half of the record, a bit more kind of washing over me type um, rock by numbers type stuff. But yeah, fine, solid, harmless. Yeah, I, 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 on those earlier tracks as well, I wrote down, I actually wrote down Psychedelic Furs. And, oh, okay, yeah. And, it is, and it's more poppy soft at the moment. It's almost Simple Minds in places as well. I'm thinking back to the 80s. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. You know, so it was more that in some of the places with a, a kind of a, a little dash of, a little dash, a dash of metal thrown in for good measure. Yeah. It, this album was far less metal than I was expecting. Overall, yeah. um, so you know, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on the softer side of oh, the rock. The, definitely on the softer side of metal. It's it's there for sure, and um, you know, and I was expecting more. I guess his vocals sort of main almost maintain. You mentioned you mentioned his vocal style. I was getting the softer end of Trent Reznor as well. Yeah, um, where the calmer end of Trent Reznor, I should say, um, in some of the vocal style as well yeah I think I think him him definitely had um, aspect aspects of yeah. uh, Nin in, in their in some yes. of their output so indeed and and it's I'm glad that things pick up again in the middle and I know the first side is definitely the stronger side I feel that it calms down a bit too much actually after yeah. the opening few tracks and and I'm glad when it does actually pick up again in the middle because it really does verge on going into middle of the road saggy territory yes uh, but then it does fortunately pick up on the second side you know albeit agree with your comments about that um, and uh, yeah I, I, I also like you I, I like the first couple of tracks I also really liked is it Zena I can't say this Zena Solterre mm. that's the mostly instrumental one yeah um, not that I didn't like him but it was great <laughs> that he did shut up and we just had a mostly instrumental tune and I was like oh good good that's a nice break um, but yeah definitely solid <laughs> Oh god! Yeah. So, what do we think overall? Uh, over, overall, I think uh, an interesting uh, first yeah. selection of six records. Yeah. Really, I would say nothing really grabbed me this time. Sometimes I'm sort of fighting over five records to pick my best one. Yeah. This time I'm sort of fighting to pick one. Yeah, my, as I said, my my, my, my favourite album is the Rosie Plain one, but it, it's yeah. that's as of pretty much this this morning. Up up until that up until that point, if I go back over a week, it was kind of Margot and Billy kind of fighting out to be my favourite one. Yeah, I so, think so. Rosie's made a late a late dash over the last uh, there you go. seven days to. I'm gonna go Margot to take the uh, thing. Yeah, I'll go Margot Price Price. Strays. That's going to be my my one for this time. That interestingly is the one that I bought on vinyl and it's sat, oh, downstairs. Yeah. It's sat, it's sat downstairs. Very good test, <laughs> anyway, uh, hopefully we will be back uh, soon. Yes, soon. Yes, we are, we've 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 kind of decided that even if we have to do some more remote ones, we need to be more remote with each other, Pete. Oh. Uh, we'll try and actually get through a year's worth of podcasts. Nice this time. This time around. So actually, when we get to the end of the year, we'll actually have. Some things to actually kind of go. Oh, 
What's nice. your album of the year? I don't know. It'll be that one album we listen to. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Which is why there hasn't been a round of last year's stuff. <laughs> I've already forgotten last year as well. I've, I've got, got my list here. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely can't remember what I, came, genuinely, I, I genuinely can't remember what came out last year though. Uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. But uh, my number one album was Wet Leg apparently. Oh yeah, that's there you go. Yeah, boom, done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to agree. Yeah, okay. So uh, the CTB again, not even started drinking. The CTTB. Actually, I'm just going to do extra tea there. You did. What's that for? What's that for? Yeah, come taste the the the, the band. Yeah, uh, the CTTB. Good grief! practice music <laughs> podcast. Where's my daughter winning? <laughs> Album of 2022, Wet Leg. Right, clearly we need to get some more alcohol in. Go on. Yeah. And rugby. And rugby. Until next time. See ya.